This is Jeff Young, the Catholic Foodie at CatholicFoodie.com. And you're listening to episode 81 of the Catholic Foodie, the CNMC, and a new format for the Catholic Foodie. Welcome to the Catholic Foodie, where food meets faith. I am your host, Jeff Young. And uh, welcome. We've got some good stuff on the menu today. You know, why don't you uh, pull up a chair, pour yourself a glass of wine, maybe a cup of coffee, and just hang out with us for a little bit. we got some good stuff today, folks. We're going to start out with an aperitif. We're going to talk about some wine. That's right. Wine. Good wine. And it's going to be about wine that you can buy cheap wine uh, without feeling cheap. <laughs> it's good stuff. We've got a recipe for arroz con pollo. And, of course, we are going to talk today about the CNMC. I can't wait. Right here at the Catholic Foodie, where food meets faith. That's right, folks. We are starting a new format here for the Catholic Foodie. Uh, yes, it's going to follow a meal, the kind of format that you would have uh, at, you know, at a nice meal when you have courses available. Of course, this is the Catholic Foodie, and since we're talking about you know the Catholic Foodie, you have to start this meal and the show with a prayer. Now, you know, the typical prayer that we pray before meals is, uh, bless us, O Lord, and these I gifts. You know that one, right? Uh, it's kind of like the traditional prayer before meals. And we do that at our house. That's the way we pray. Now, I have been thinking, though, you know, for a while, for probably years, I have seen this connection between food and faith. It's always been kind of part of who I am and the thing, that, the crazy things I think about regularly. Uh, and I've thought about different ways to communicate these truths, these um, connections between food and faith. And, you know, one way to do that is by writing out my own prayers, you know, prayer before meals. And not just prayer before meals, but also Thanksgiving after meals, right? Praying uh, a, a prayer after Meals is just an act of thanksgiving to God for all the blessings he gives us. So to actually write those out and to share them with you, that's my idea. Share them with you here on the show. Uh, also, in an upcoming newsletter that I will be producing for the Catholic Foodie, and it'll be a uh, a, a weekly uh, or maybe a monthly. I, anyway, I don't have my notes in front of me. I've been thinking all kind of things over here. A monthly newsletter That'll have different uh, articles in there about food and faith, a reflection for you and your family, and also a, uh, a, a monthly or maybe even a weekly prayer before and after meals. So just something that I can give to you, you know, for free. It's a newsletter. And matter of fact, it, it, the first issue is not out yet. But if you'd like to sign up for that newsletter, go over to catholicfoodie.com, right-hand side of the, of the screen, the right-hand sidebar. At the top, there's a place where you can put your email address in there to subscribe to the newsletter. So if you want to go ahead and sign up now, go do that. That'd be great. And uh, I expect the first uh, issue to come out in the next week or so. So keep your eyes out for that. And uh, so you don't miss it, go ahead and sign up. Now, these prayers uh, before meals and after meals I'm going to share them here on the show. That's how we're going to kind of start things off from now on. This is a new format, and I'm going to share more about the format in the appetizers section. That's right. This is a uh, a, a podcast now, a a show that will wor- uh, run sort of like a, a meal. So you'll have courses. We're going to have the aperitif. We're going to have the appetizer. We're going to have the salad and the main uh, dish. And then, of course, an opportunity to go into the kitchen and talk to the chef that's a very important thing, very important thing. And then uh, dessert, and we're going to finish it all up with a prayer after meals. And uh, I'm excited about this, and I'd love to know what you think about the new format. You can always give me a call at 985-635-4974. I look forward to hearing from you. I'd like the chef salad, please, with the oil and vinegar on the side and the apple pie a la mode. Chef and apple a la mode. But I'd like the pie heated, and I don't want the ice cream on top. I want it on the side, and I'd like strawberry instead of vanilla if you have it. If not, then no ice cream, just whipped cream, but only if it's real. If it's out of a can, then nothing. Not even the pie? No, just the pie, but then not heated. Uh Uh-huh. 
I'll have what she's having. Well, this section is going to be called the aperitif. And I don't know if you're familiar with an aperitif, but it's basically, uh, it's, it's a drink, you know. It could be uh, different kinds of drinks. It could be um, traditionally like a, a, uh, a stronger uh, liquor. Uh, you know, it's kind of like a cocktail hour, that kind of a thing. But the whole point of the aperitif, and that word is French, by the way, aperitif, it has to do with appetite, right? We say bon appetit uh, on the show at the end. Uh, it has to do with appetite, and what it's supposed to do is kind of kickstart your appetite before you uh, go into this meal. So very cool, very good thing. And what we're going to do today, and not all of the topics that we talk about here in this segment are going to be technically uh, aperitifs, all right? We're going to do drinks in general. And today we're going to talk about uh, wine, and really my favorite variety of wine, which is Cabernet Sauvignon. So I want to give you a couple of thoughts about Cabernet, what it is, or I should say not what it is, but the way it uh, tastes, right? Kind of give you a little tasting. And also um, what it pairs well with. We'll talk about that for a, for a moment. And I'm going to give you five recommendations of inexpensive or cheap Cabernet Sauvignons that you can buy without feeling cheap, okay? So, uh, you know, there's always expensive wines. You can always go and buy expensive wines. But do you really want to spend all that money? I don't. I mean, if I can find a really good wine that's inexpensive, hey, that's perfect, especially for a regular just table wine. So that is what we're going to talk about today. And let's go ahead and jump right on in there. What is a Cabernet? What makes it different? Well, it's a red wine, and uh, it's kind of dark in color, uh, almost almost kind of like blood red. You know, it's a deep, dark color. You, you've got various flavors and, and aromas that come from this wine once you pour it into the glass. Here's some of the things that you may smell and then also kind of taste. Uh, you've got hints of cedar or oak, depending on the, the barrel that the uh, the wine was aged in. Uh, you can have different berries. I mean, you understand that when you taste a wine, you're going to have some general things that are common that most people will taste. However, it's individualized, right? What The way something tastes for me may not taste the same way for you. So this is kind of a generalization, but that's okay. It gives you an idea of what the wine is like. So different berries, maybe raspberry, uh, plum, uh, which is not technically a berry, is it? Some people have a, a taste like a hint of vanilla. And uh, I'm thinking, trying to think of other berries here, and I'm maybe cherry. Cherry could be one of the flavors that uh, that comes out there. Uh, chocolate is another. It's kind of a, once again, a faint sort of taste, a faint, it's kind of a, a, a chocolate flavor or mocha flavor. Then you have, this is interesting, and one of the reasons I really like this wine you have this mild spice to it, kind of like black pepper. And it's on the back of the tongue. It's just, just a little bit of spice with the, with the um, I don't want to say sweetness because this is not a sweet wine at all. It's a, it's a dry wine, a dry red wine, and it also is light. It's not heavy. Good wine here. I really like this. So you have that the fruit flavors. Uh, you've got that kind of chocolate, and then you got that spice, that almost black pepper sort of spice, mild spice. And you also have firm tannins, okay, tannins, which really, I guess, kind of gives the wine a sort of acidity. I don't know if I can give you a real good definition of, uh, of a tannin. I'd have to look it up, and I didn't do that before the show. I can taste them, uh, but it's hard to... to uh, I can't give you a textbook definition. That's all I can say. It, it's sort of like the uh, astringency. That that may be the word, right? It, it kind of gives you a, sort of an astringent uh, uh, feel in the mouth. So you don't want one that's that's really strong in in tannins, and sometimes you get that with really cheap wine, and that's that's unappealing to me. But the Cabernet has uh, firm tannins without overdoing it. So it's got a little bit of astringency to it. And that's why, by the way, uh, with it, it, 
Cabernet goes well with some tomato-based dishes, especially like pastas and, and, and things like that, maybe a, a, a soup, a tomato soup, but it, it not with real spicy tomato-based foods that are in themselves already astringent, okay? You don't want to piggyback on that astringency there in the food. So, you know you know what? I don't even know if astringency is a, uh, a word, but... <laughs> If you know whether it is or not, just give me a call, 985-635-4974. I'd love to talk to you. Uh, so that's that's kind of a general general description, I guess, of the Cabernet Sauvignon. So I'm going to give you five bottles, five labels, five, uh, uh, I guess, labels, that's a good word, or, or, or vineyards that, uh, that we like, we really like, Char and I. And these are not my top five. These are just five that I thought of on the top of my head that we've had uh, pretty, I guess, recently, and it's just these are the ones that we kind of go back to as sort of standards or staples for us. All right, the, the, I guess my top my top five would all be a little more expensive because in general, in general, the more expensive the wine, um, the, maybe the better it tastes. But that's not a that is not an absolute rule. All right, please know that uh, there are many. Excellent cheap red wines, cheap cabernets that you can get that taste wonderful. Sometimes even better than the more expensive bottles. So, here are five of them that you might want to try out. These five are under ten dollars. Matter of fact, most of them can be found in a grocery store because we down in Louisiana we have wine in a grocery store. I know where you live. Perhaps you have to go to a uh, ABC, right? Alcohol Beverage Control place. I, that was, I think that was the case when I lived in Ohio at, you know, for college. But down here in Louisiana, you can buy alcohol pretty much anywhere. You know, gas stations, grocery stores. We even have drive through daiquiri shops. Can you believe that? And you can drive with these daiquiris as long as you have the top on, the styrofoam cup with a plastic lid. As long as the lid is on and the straw is not in there, it's called a closed container and that is not against the law. But once you stick that straw in there or you take that lid off, then that is against the law. But fancy that, right? We have drive through daiquiri shops down here in Louisiana, or at least South Louisiana. So here are the different labels. First one I'm going to give you, and this is kind of in order of, you know, the, the, the one we like, the I guess, the least, and then the one we like the most. Uh, Yellowtail. Yellowtail is an, uh, an Australian wine. And uh, I think we get yellowtail for four ninety five, five ninety five a bottle. And normally, it the the year of the of the wine is is typically the most recent year that's been released. So I think right now it's like two thousand and eight. I can't remember exactly. It's been a, a few weeks at least since uh, we've had this, and I have not. I don't remember at least looking at the bottle and taking note of the year. But uh, yellowtail is a is a good wine. It's good. Uh, but it, I think it's a little stronger in tannins than than the others I'm about to mention to you. Uh, the next one I'm going to give you is Geyser Peak. Geyser Peak is from Sonoma County. Um, it's it's uh, uh, the 2006 is the one that we've had. Now that's a little more expensive. I can get it for about eight ninety eight ninety nine a bottle, I believe. Uh, now there's also a 2005 Reserve. And that's a little more expensive. I think it's uh, actually eleven, twelve dollars somewhere around there. And I like the reserve better. It's it's more smooth for me. Uh, but once again, the same kind of taste of a cabernet. Geyser Peak is a for me. It's a smooth uh, cabernet. All right, number three, Kangarilla Kangarilla Road. Okay, Kangarilla Road. It's kind of like kangaroo and gorilla <laughs> mixed together. Now, go figure. This is an Australian wine, right? Kangarilla. Um, it, we've had the 2007. Char loved this wine. This is a really good wine for her. Now, this one, once again, is a little more on the uh, uh, expensive side, maybe eight, $9, uh, $8.99 or so a bottle. Worth it, though. It's good stuff. All right, number two, Meridian. And Meridian, when I first encountered Meridian, I thought, you know, that's kind of like a homely-looking label. It's kind of cheap-looking. This can't be a good wine. But I tried it. Matter of fact, it was my mother-in-law who introduced me to Meridian. She drank the 
white uh, wine, the Chardonnay or the, the, I believe it was a, maybe a Pinot. Can't remember exactly. But um, she was drinking that. And my father-in-law at the time was drinking uh, the Cabernet, the or actually the Merlot, the Meridian Merlot. And it was pretty good. I'm not like a huge fan of Merlot. Uh, I'll drink it. It's, it's not a bad wine. It's just a little more on the sweet end uh, compared to a Cabernet. So, uh, but, but that introduced me to Meridian. It's like, you know, it's not that bad. So one day I went to the store and I was looking around. I saw the Meridian Cabernet and I thought, I thought, Hey, why not give it a try? Well, I loved it. It was great. Uh, I think it was five ninety nine a bottle and it was good stuff. So the Meridian, uh, very inexpensive. Uh, usually it's the most recent year available you know, I say that, but goodness gracious, I think the last bottle we had was a 2005. Uh, I wish I could remember these details. The thing is, I just don't pay attention to that when I buy the wine because I know that every year I've enjoyed it. I've enjoyed the, the various bottles and years that I've had. So I like Meridian. It's one of the ones that we buy on a regular basis. And then we have number one. Number one here, the last one I'm going to give you, is something that I discovered probably... I don't know, maybe a couple of months ago, first time I'd ever had it. And what, <laughs> you know why I got it. It's kind of funny. I bought it because of the bottle. This was, and the price. I mean, it was, you know, once again, we like a, a general table wine. We, we drink wine on a regular basis, and it's good with our, our meals. And, uh, the, but the label just jumped out at me. This was, uh, it's Rex Goliath. Okay, Rex means king. And of course, you know who Goliath is. He's a giant, uh, David and Goliath. Well, there's a picture on this label, very pretty blue label, uh, a huge, a, a picture of a huge rooster, <laughs> a huge rooster. And it has uh, in the corner something about a f- number 47, or the, the number 47, and when you read the bottle, you see that this is named after a rooster that was 47 pounds. Can you believe that? A 47-pound rooster. They must have fed this rooster other roosters. I don't know how it got to be 47 pounds. But anyway, it, it, it's a beautiful label. It really jumped out at me from the shelf. I tried it, and I love it. I mean, it, it, I like it better than uh, than Geyser Peak. It's very smooth, very smooth, and the tannins are toned down. Oh man, it is just a good wine. Uh, Five ninety-five a bottle. You can find that. I mean, hopefully, um, I, I, I would hope pretty much anywhere. You know, distributors are funny because some of these wines you can't really find all over the place, and it depends on your state too. Some states like Georgia, <laughs> they've got some. Uh, some pretty strict laws over there. And uh, even though we're really open here in Louisiana with alcohol, the, the availability of it, uh, you can go pretty much anywhere to get it. And also, distributors love Louisiana because they can come in here and bring their product. And, and we have no, you know, no qualms about that. Now, the downside is Louisiana makes a lot of money off of alcohol. They, they just tax the you-know-what out of it. So, uh, it's kind of like a give and take here, but um, those are five wines, cheap wines that you can buy without feeling cheap. Wow, something smells good. Those uh, goodies in there. Granny, Granny Pocket, the goody lady? My goodness, she makes some good... Goodies. She's got a thing. It's like a, uh, it's like a uh, cookies, shortbread, chocolate icing between. Very. It's good. Uh, it's very good. Well, as I mentioned, uh, we're following a meal here, different courses, and this course is the appetizer. You know, appetizer kind of kicks off things. The the aperitif kicks off your your um, your appetite. So it kind of jump starts things, and then the appetizer kind of gets it, I don't know, kind of kind of moving, right? Kind of kind of cranked up. It's like a car. You you get it started with the aperitif, and then the appetizer comes in, and it's kind of like the car is running now and uh, kind of warming up, I guess, right? You're warming up for 
what's going to follow, which even you know eventually is going to take you to that that main course. So uh, in the appetizer today, we're going to talk just a moment, not so much about food, but about the Catholic foodie itself. You know, I talked to Father Roderick uh, maybe five, six, seven days ago. I can't remember. I, I can't remember a lot, huh? Have you noticed that? <laughs> anyway, I uh, just happened to bump into him on Ustream, and so we had a conversation via Ustream. I was typing my side of the conversation in there, and, and he was talking uh, with me. I think this was right after he arrived in the States I, last week before the CNMC. I can't. Anyway, um, you know, for a, a, a few weeks now, I have been thinking about changing the format of the Catholic Foodie, the show. And I mean, for many, many reasons. I, th- I feel personally that I don't give you enough food. I, I don't talk about food enough. And I've said this, uh, goodness gracious, over and over again on the show that I don't do recipes, right? I, I don't like recipes. I don't follow recipes at home uh, when I cook. And I'm, I'm going to give you a recipe later to, uh, on this show, and I'm going to tell you <laughs> I followed it, and I'm going to tell you why I don't like the fact that I did. But anyway, so I don't, I don't do recipes. But what I do share with you are different dishes and the ingredients involved and then kind of how I would do it. And I kind of make it up as I go along, but I don't give you typically like measurements or anything. Well, I've had some folks suggest to me that I do start giving recipes because, you know, apparently that's what people would like to to know. People would like to hear that. And they also want more uh, cooking tips, things that they could actually use that would be help them be more uh, productive and more, um, oh, what's the word, competent maybe, or inspired or encouraged in the kitchen. And I agree 100%. That's part of the, the goal of the Catholic foodie is to inspire and encourage and to, you know, kind of, kind of, get you in the kitchen and, and get you feeling more comfortable. So we're going to have more tips. Uh, also, uh, recommendations, whether it's kitchen products, kitchen gadgets, uh, whether it's uh, particular uh, cuisines. You know, we could talk about Mexican food or Spanish food, Italian. Of course, you hear me on a regular basis talking about Lebanese cuisine because that's Char's heritage, which I have kind of adopted. Uh, we could talk about French uh, all kinds of various cuisines, Indian, right? We could talk about different curries. That'd be great. So this is kind of where I'm going with this. Now, there are a couple of other things that will be a regular part of the show. Of course, this is the Catholic foodie. It's where food meets faith. So we have the food part. We also need to have the faith part. And the faith part is going to be reflections on where food meets faith, and particularly how the scriptures can enlighten us on this connection between food and faith and how food and meals can actually help us to grow spiritually, to grow in our faith, to grow in our families, to get closer to our own families in the home, but also the family of God, which we meet with, um, which we gather with on Sundays around the Father's table, right? The Eucharist. So uh, this is kind of, you know, another segment. We're going to talk about that. And we also have another segment about specifically the family. It's typically going to be tips tips on um, ways that you can grow together around food. So specifically suggestions of things that you can do. Also, I'm going to throw into that segment uh, various um, health tips as well. If you remember, I think it was uh, last episode, was it 80, when I talked about chicken, right? Uh, 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 some way of, of uh, I guess, maintaining or being a bit more safe in the kitchen whenever you're cooking poultry. I'm not going to talk about that right now. You have to go back and listen to episode 80 if you don't know that. But hey, it can keep you from getting sick, so you might want to listen to that. So we have all these various segments that we're going to talk about. And I certainly hope that this is good for you. I think it's going to be good for the show. Um, these, This is kind of what I've been thinking. And Father Roderick, when we talked, really echoed all this that I've been thinking. And really kind of tightening up the uh, the format. Well, the format, but also the content, right? I've been telling you about the content. And uh, in the, I guess I've been telling you about the format too. Goodness gracious. Right? Uh, 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 keeping it, kind of tightening things up. Sharing more specifically about food. 
and about faith. So that's, uh, that is the new thing, the new format, and I really do. I want to know what you think about that. Am I forgetting anything? Is there something else I should focus on more than, 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 than something I've shared with you just now? Give me a call, 985-635-4974. I would love to hear from you. I want to know your thoughts, your opinions. Let me know, and I will play that on the show. You give me a call, I will play your comments, your thoughts here on the show. And, man, that'll be fun. Get to hear from you, and uh, we have a little dialogue, a little conversation going on. Oh, you know what? I, I forgot to mention one segment, and a very important one, too. We have the main course, right? And pretend that you are going to a restaurant, and the meal is just so exquisite. It is so good, and you're you're just savoring every bite. I mean, the aperitif was perfect. The bartender, you know, did the, uh, just an unbelievable job. Um, it was it just really moved you into the meal. It loosened up your tongue, made you more relaxed, and so now you're conversing with those you know, uh, kind of openly, freely, um, joyfully conversing with those who were at the table with you. The appetizer was perfect. It was not too much, uh, but just enough to kind of get that car warmed up and get you ready for the main course. Your salad, it was not too big, right? Because sometimes you go to restaurants that give you these huge salads and then you, you're, you're at, your main course comes and you're full. All right, so we're not going to do that. The salad is the the perfect size, but the flavor, oh my goodness, it's got that kind of tang to it like you have with a, that, that, that salad dressing. Oh, it's got a little lemon in it. It's got some red wine vinegar, the olive oil. You can just taste it. It's got some um, uh, crumbled, right? right? Not, not like ground completely, but crumbled Parmesan cheese, or, or maybe it's got um, sliced Parmesan cheese, right? The, the real thin, thin slices of parmesan right there on on the salad or my favorite romano i love romano much more than parmesan anyway uh so very good salad and you are enjoying yourself you're having a great conversation and and you can smell the food in the kitchen you're going oh my goodness this is i can't wait right you ordered something really delicious something you really love it comes out and it far far exceeds your expectations wow you know well, guess what? After you eat that, you're thinking to yourself, at least I think this, man, I would love to meet the chef. This is so good. I want to go into the kitchen and meet the chef, shake his hand, and just say thank you so much because you've given me really something that's kind of like a spiritual experience here. And I shared it with people here in community around the table. So thank you so much. So that's the next segment after the main course is going to be going into the kitchen. And of course, here on the Catholic Foodie, who do we go see in the kitchen? Mary, our mother. So we go we go in with Sarah Reinhard. She takes us into the kitchen so we can meet Mary in the kitchen. So that's going to be our Mary in the kitchen segment. And then we're going to go into dessert and coffee. So again, let me know what you think. 985-635-4974. I love to get voice feedback, but of course you can always email me at Jeff at catholicfoodie.com. True love, you heard him? You could not ask for a more noble cause than that. Sonny, true love is the greatest thing in the world. Except for nice MLT, mutton, lettuce, and tomato sandwich when the mutton is nice and lean and the tomatoes ripe. They're so perky. I love that. Well, you know, uh, this is going to be the main course here, folks. The main course here today is uh, is the CNMC, the Catholic New Media Celebration, which was this past weekend in Boston. I'm sure you knew that that was coming up. You've heard me talk about it on the show. And I want to thank you before I get into the CNMC. I want to thank you very much for your donations. If you remember, I was asking for donations because I was encouraged to do so by a longtime listener who offered to match any funds that were donated to assist me to get to the CNMC this year. Now, you remember that I'm in the middle of a transition here, career move, and uh, you know things are kind of tight right now, and that's 
Well, that's just the way it is, I think, especially when you're moving into working for yourself, right? You're, you're trying to get things off the ground, and it takes a lot of effort. It's kind of like getting a rocket off the ground. And this is taking a little bit longer than I expected. I thought I was kind of giving myself three months. <laughs> I talked to um, a, a friend of mine, a friend of mine online, Lexi Rodrigo. Uh, Lexi's really cool, man. She's, she's got a lot of good things going on. She's a copywriter and a um, uh, internet marketer. And so she and I have talked a lot. Uh, we've actually talked on the phone, but we, we also talked you know, via email and, and, and Twitter and all that fun stuff. Um, just about, you know, this business, because I'm, uh, that's kind of what I'm doing. There's a little web design involved too, but basically it's, it's copywriting, writing for the web, and also, um, you know, integrating social media into the uh, business strategy of, of these small to medium-sized businesses. So that's kind of what's going on. And of course, when you, when you're talking about integrating social media for businesses, it really is marketing. It's marketing on the internet. So internet marketing. So Lexi is a, um, uh, a listener here of the show. So Lexi, if you're listening, shout out to you. Uh, and thank you very much for spending the time with me on the phone and talking to me, giving me some helpful, very helpful tips and, uh, very much appreciate that. But when I told her that I gave myself three months to kind of, I guess, replace my income that I'm, I was walking away from, she kind of chuckled and she said, three months? <laughs> She's like, you didn't give yourself much time, did you? She goes, no, that typically takes a bit longer. So anyway, point being, we're kind of, everything's kind of tight right now. And I really would not have been able to make it to the CNMC this year without the assistance of my listeners. And I want to thank you very much for your donations. And of course, thank this longtime listener who wishes to be uh, to remain anonymous for matching those funds. What a blessing for me. And the CNMC was fantastic. Of course, I had saved up some money as well, but you know, then you have the whole question of the, the plane ticket and the, um, the hotel, which is just so expensive, both of those. And, uh, you know, to, to imagine spending what I spent for really a, a, a two-day trip or two-and-a-half-day trip, you know, it's, it's, it costs money. So anyway, but I went and oh my goodness, you know, I went last year too, and there's so much that I can say. I don't know how much I'll be able to get through today, uh, but I will have to uh, maybe divide this up into two episodes. Oh my goodness, this was a, uh, it, it was unreal. It really was. It was such a joy. It was like a family reunion. I got to see so many people that I met last year in person. Of course, you've got all these folks who are on the SQPN board. You know, last year when I went to the CNMC, I was not an affiliate. I was just, you know, good old Jeff Young, the Catholic foodie, uh, with a growing audience and uh, with with content that apparently people really liked and they were listening to and visiting the website. So I, I, I had a sort of an impact, I guess, and, and people knew who I was, but it was not an affiliate of SQPN. That did not happen until about a month or two after I returned from uh, the CNMC. So last year I got to meet uh, lots of uh, of the members of the board, uh, lots of SQPN podcasters, and, you know, like um, uh, Father Roderick, of course, and uh, uh, Lisa Hindi and Mac and Catherine, Paul Camerata, Father Seraphim. I know I'm going to forget somebody and I feel terrible about that. Uh, of, uh, Captain Jeff, um, goodness gracious, there's it's just so many people. I, I don't, I don't want to forget anybody, but, uh, so, so many people that are associated with, uh, with SQPN that of course you've got famous, like world famous people like Barb in Nebraska, right? She, she, everybody knows Barb and Maria Johnson and Steve Nelson and just all these fine folks, these great people, uh, Deacon Tom and D Fox got to meet them. Uh, the Blogging Sisters, goodness gracious, the Blogging Sisters, right? Shelly Kelly and Lisa Jones over there at Of Sound, Mind, and Spirit, which you can find at soundmindandspirit.blogspot.com. They have a blog there, and it is just great. I got to meet Sister Ann Flanagan last year. I got to meet Matt Warner. I got to meet the Catholic Hack, too. Man, that was great. Uh, so, so many people. Uh, Jeff Gearling, I got to meet him. So many people I got to meet, and guess what? 
just about every one of them, just about now, uh, just about everyone was there this year. And it was just so good to see everybody. I, I was so excited about that. And the cool thing is, you know, we, we kind of know each other because uh, many of us communicate on a regular basis. I talk to Lisa Hendy on a regular basis. We keep up with each other. Of course, you know, I didn't meet Sarah Reinhardt at the CNMC last year, but I've met her, you know, a couple of times um, um, uh, over the last year. And on top of that, we talk on a regular basis. She's got a segment here on the show. And so, we, you know, she was there. I got to see her again. It was just like family, a family reunion. And a lot of these folks I keep in touch with on a regular basis. So we see each other and it's not like, oh, let's go sit down and, and catch up and, and all that. Well, we didn't really have to catch up. We, we've talked to each other on, you know, I, I guess kind of regularly. Danielle Bean was there this year. I met her last year. And it was just so good to see her. It was good to see her. But, I mean, you know, I've, I've communicated with her in the last couple of months. And it wasn't like we had to really catch up. And, and my whole point is uh, it was just so much joy talking to these folks again talking to my family, but at the same time, not feeling like we got to catch up on everything, you know, and, and we really didn't have to, we didn't have to say a lot to each other. It was just good to be in each other's presence. You know, it was kind of like a, a bond there. It's like, it's like love. It's like it, it, maybe a poor analogy, but you know, when you're in your family, maybe between spouses or a, a parent and, and children, that there are just times when you, you just, you're together you don't have to say much. Now, I say that because it was neat, first of all. Secondly, because there were so many people there this year, I was blown away. The meet and greet on Friday night, oh my goodness, there were so many people, I didn't make it around the room. I did not make it around the room. There were people I was supposed to meet. We had talked ahead of time. I never got a chance to, to, to get over there and meet them. Cliff Ravenscraft, I got to say Hi to Cliff. I, I love Cliff Ravenscraft. This was the first time that we actually met in person. We've talked via email. We've talked on the phone. Um, you know, we, he has helped me out in the, in the realm of podcasting. He is a, a, a professional podcaster, does it full time over there at gspn.com. He's got a podcast I listen to uh, every week, uh, Podcast Answer Man podcast. Excellent, excellent information there and advice, and he's just, he's great. He's one of my uh, my mentors. You know, I look up to Cliff, and I got to meet him in person. It was fantastic, but you know what? There were so many people wanting to talk to him, and there were so many people who wanted to talk to me, and so many people that I wanted to talk to that after saying hi to each other and, and greeting each other and talking for a couple of minutes, I never saw him again until Saturday, and then Saturday of course, we, we, we were busy all day long, and he was presenting with Father Roderick. We missed each other. We never had a chance to talk again. I was kind of bummed out about that, you know? But Cliff, it was great meeting you in person. I was so excited about that, and I really do wish we would have had more time just to hang out. They had the tweet up, a, a meetup uh, there in Boston and Cambridge at a pub on Sunday afternoon, I think from 1 o'clock to 5 o'clock. Unfortunately, my plane was leaving about that time to return home. If I had known about that tweet up a little earlier, because I bought my ticket earlier, um, I, maybe I mean I would have loved to have been there, but at least a part of it. But man, I, I was bummed out. I missed out on that too. I know Cliff was there, and Father Roderick, and so many other people. Uh, let's see. There's just so many. I know I can't name everybody, uh, but just on a on a personal a personal side, right? This is not the content of the CNMC. This is just on a personal level. Uh, I got to meet again. I got to see Mountain Butorek. Mountain is the Catholic traveler, and he also works with the Maximus group. Uh, Mountain is a cool dude. I'm telling you, I really enjoy my conversations with him. Of course, he travels a lot. That's one of the things he does. He's got his own business, uh, as uh, leading pilgrimages and, and things like that and, and um, uh, to Europe. And so we typically, we have a lot to talk about. I lived in, I didn't live in Europe. I spent about a month in, in Europe and I've traveled there a couple of times. Um, and, and I've lived out of the country before, so I know what it's like to travel and I love it. So we typically have lots of, and, by the way, he's a foodie, okay? So we have a lot to talk about. It was very good to see him. And traveling with him from the Maximus group this year was Sarah, 
Vabulous. Uh, it's kind of like fabulous with a V, right? Sarah Va- uh, Vab- Vabulous. And Sarah is just cool. <laughs> I can't I can't begin to tell you. Um, we, we got into conversation at the meet and greet. She was there with Mountain, and I was saying hi to him, and I got to meet her. And we've communicated via email. Uh, she's actually mailed some stuff to me that I've promoted here on the show for uh, for people that they represent, that Maximus Group represents, and also some of the, the, the movies that have come out um, with a Christian message. So I was, uh, it was very, it was just neat to meet her, and she's like a little fireball. I mean, she's full of energy. She's just so happy. She's smiling from ear to ear. She's the kind of person that when you're talking to her, you can't help but smile. So, Sarah, thank you for that. You just, your joy is contagious, and I love it. Now, <laughs> I am going to, um, well, I'm going to spill the beans here, folks, okay? I got an announcement to make. I talked to Sarah last night and found out that it would be okay for me to spill the beans. So I'm going to do that. We, uh, and I'm kind of getting off topic by doing that here, but I just, I, I'm talking about her. I got to do it. Uh, I, 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 here's the spilling the beans part, okay? The announcement. Um, on Saturday, we had, during Sarah Reinhardt's uh, uh, presentation on blogging, which was most excellent, Thank you so much, Sarah, for doing that. That was just, uh, wow. The content was phenomenal. And, and it, it, I can tell just so many people uh, were, were, uh, um, were on fire for blogging after this. They, they were so inspired by you. And that was just awesome. So in our group, we were broken into small groups. You know, Father Jay Finelli was with us. Uh, once again, Shelly and Lisa, the blogging sisters at, um, of Sound Mind and Spirit, and uh, who else? Oh, Matt Warner was with us. Matt Warner uh, from the National Catholic Register and also Flocknote. Uh, Matt is awesome. And I met him last year and I got to spend time with him this year. Just so much fun, folks. It was great. We actually did end up Saturday night going out to a pub. I'll tell you about that later. But um, Sarah uh, Vabulous was also in our group. Now, the whole point of this group, the small group, and the things that uh, Sarah was leading us through, very practical exercises, was to kind of think through a, a, a an idea for a blog, a new blog, and uh, what some of the posts would be about, what is the blog about, how can you really make this into something real. Now, her whole point was to get you to see the process, I guess, right? And I guess as a side benefit, you might actually come up with some really good ideas that you can put into action. Uh, but I think, and I could be wrong about this, but I think the whole point was really to kind of see the process and, and for people who are new to blogging to kind of get them to where they can see in a practical way what's involved, how do I do it, how do I come up with the, the content, what do, where do the ideas come from, right? That's the kind of activities we were doing. And I tell you what, <sighs> I am all over the place with this. I really am today trying to explain this to you. But there was an idea that Mac Barron shared Saturday morning as kind of a funny thing, right? He was kind of making fun, really, of Father Roderick, which was hysterical. Uh, You can see the video, by the way, over at live.sqpn.com. They still have all the presentations recorded there via Ustream, but they're embedded there um, uh, at live.sqpn.com. You may want to go check that out if you haven't seen it. But Mac was on a roll, man. He was talking about these different podcasts that they were not going to do. These are ideas that Father Roderick came up with, and this is all a joke, right? It's all a joke, but that uh, Father Roderick had come up with. But these are things that the board nixed. They were not going to do. And when he came to the Catholic foodie, he said that they had come up, or Father Roderick had come up with an idea called the Catholic Drinky. So it's somebody who basically is, I don't know, just into alcohol and <laughs> is all about that and, and, and talks about drinking all the time. So you'd have the Catholic foodie and the Catholic drinking. Well, the Catholic drinky was so funny that it became a running joke the entire weekend. It was, it was so funny. And uh, even after the fact, even over the last couple of days on Twitter with the, uh, the hashtag CNMC, you still see people talking about 
Catholic drinky. It was so funny. So anyway, when we're talking in our small group there during Sarah's presentation, um, we, we were talking and kind of joking around about the Catholic drinky. And then Sarah Vabula said, look, I'm serious. I want to do this. I think it'd be great. I want to actually make a blog and it'll be the Catholic drinky. So right there in the small group session, she goes using her iPhone, goes over to GoDaddy dot com and she purchases the domain name catholicdrinky.com is that not funny that is I, I thought one of the funniest things and, and i was so excited at the same time like it's funny but it's like this is awesome and it's something i can promote on my site because of course and it's not about being an alcoholic it's not about getting drunk is the catholic drinky is going to be kind of like a beer review site where you review all these beers that she has and uh, I, I guess talking about other things as well, like, I don't know, maybe the difference between a pub and a bar, or I, whatever. Uh, so just different aspects of cocktails and, and beer and wine and just really good stuff. And it's very Catholic, you know, it really is very Catholic. So uh, the Catholic Drinky is a reality. You can actually find it over at CatholicDrinky.com. Of course, Drinky is spelled at the end, right, with an I-E, not a Y, an I-E, CatholicDrinky.com. Go check it out. Look, it's it's in the early, early stages. She just posted this, just got the blog set up, I think, yesterday. Okay, so there's very little content there. And it's funny. She's asked two people and two people alone to be guest bloggers there to actually post content. Me, the Catholic foodie, and Matt Warner, who is a blogger for the National Catholic Register. I think that's great. I'm, I'm humbled, and I'm impressed, and I'm, I'm like, wow, this is cool. So we've got uh, uh, the two of us posting stuff over there. I will be posting something today about one of my favorite beers, the Abita Giacomo. So uh, you may want to go check out CatholicDrinky.com, and you can see later today, which is, um, today is Wednesday, the 11th of July. So you can check out that post later today. Anyway, uh, I think that's enough about the CNMC for now. It was just so cool to see everybody. It was so cool to see Lino Rulli again. You know, Lino had me on his show, The Catholic Guy, on Sirius Satellite Radio. He had me on his show, Mardi Gras Day, because they, they came down to New Orleans and stayed in the French Quarter on Bourbon Street. Crazy. I mean, who does that? That's insane with all those crazy people down on Bourbon Street doing crazy stuff. But apparently the Catholic guy uh, is crazy too. So <laughs> they came down and did that. And I'm, I'm crazy because I, uh, Char and I fought the crowds to go and uh, to, to their hotel room on Bourbon Street to appear on his show. So I, it was a lot of fun. And, you know, it's kind of cool that Lino walks in and he remembers that I'm you know, Jeff Young, the Catholic foodie. I thought that was, I was impressed by that. I was like, that's cool. You know, he remembers me. That's, uh, wow. <laughs> so I kind of kind of got a little, uh, you know, blown away by that. But anyway, we did end up going out on Saturday night. So I got to hang with Lino Rulli, other folks, some really cool people. And I'm going to tell you that story Next episode is really funny, and I'll tell you, I can't believe what Lena was drinking. I just, I, I, I can't believe it. I'll have to tell you about it next episode. So until then, let's move on to the next segment. I need two salmon, three salad composite, and a free fillet. Fire it, two others, seared salmon. Free fillet, work it. I need plates. Well, folks, it's time to get into the kitchen. You know what? We're, we are running out of time, and I can't believe it has flown by. I'm trying to keep this uh, episode from now on, this new format, I'm trying to keep it down to one hour exactly with two breaks, one at the 20-minute mark and also the 50-minute mark. Uh, I'm, this is the first time I'm trying this, so, uh, you know, I've got, a, I've got a ways to go. i got to practice this. But anyway, I did promise you a recipe, and I'm going to tell you one. I'm going to share one with you right now. Uh, before we end the show. And this is an arroz con pollo. You see, a few a couple of weeks ago, uh, Abita Beer, my favorite uh, little local 
Brewery, right here in my own backyard, Abita Beer released a new beer, the SOS. I think you can go back to, I think it's episode 79, and listen to my review of, uh, of the SOS. Uh, but anyway, I, I, for whatever reason, it, it inspired me to pull out my Abita Beer cookbook called Cooking Louisiana True. Excellent cookbook. Matter of fact, I have a link on my site. You can go to uh, you can go to where? CatholicFoodie.com slash CNMC. All right, that'll be the uh, the URL. You can go there to find this particular post for this episode. And what's really cool about that is I can post there, I can embed a link to this cookbook. Excellent cookbook. It's a beautiful cookbook. You can actually use this as a coffee table book if you're not into cooking and you just want to look at the pretty pictures of food, you know. Uh, beautiful book. Um, you can buy it there through my affiliate link. And uh, again, when you when you buy something through an affiliate link with Amazon, it doesn't cost you any more. It's the same price as if you just went to Amazon directly, but it does benefit the Catholic foodie. And of course, you know that uh, to, to maintain this show and to keep doing what I'm doing, uh, you know, support is really important. So uh, you may want to think about that. It make a great gift, by the way, for anybody who likes beer and likes cooking or just likes pretty pictures. So think about that. Uh, CatholicFoodie.com slash CNMC. You're going to find this particular episode. I mean, this, this particular, yeah, episode and post. Okay, so let's talk about this. It inspired me to get that recipe when I tried the SOS or to get that cookbook out when I tried the SOS. And uh, John and I were thinking, okay, what can we cook? You know, I haven't cooked with beer in a long time. What should we do? And we came across this dish. It's arroz con pollo uh, with abita golden. And the abita golden is not a light beer. It's just a golden beer. Uh, it, it's a good, it's a nice beer. It's not my favorite. It's not my favorite, but it's a good beer. So anyway, uh, this recipe comes from Chef Adolfo Garcia of Rio Mar in New Orleans. And it's it's really it's a good recipe, and I don't normally follow recipes to a tea, but I did follow this one, and guess what? I was disappointed. I'm going to tell you right now the ingredients and uh, kind of a general uh, description of the directions, and then I'm going to tell you what, what I would change the next time, the next go-round. All right, first of all, this is a chicken and rice dish. Um, it's kind of like jambalaya. If you've ever had jambalaya, it's very much like that. Except this is kind of like, uh, it's got a Mexican flair to it. So you need one fryer chicken, about three pounds, cut into eight pieces. Now, you can get that cut already at the store. I cut it myself, uh, but you can cut, you can get it, purchase it cut at the store. Eight pieces, right? A whole fryer cut. Uh, Salt and pepper to taste. Six tablespoons of olive oil. An onion, chopped. uh, Green bell pepper, chopped and seeded. A red bell pepper, seeded and chopped. A quarter cup uh, of sliced garlic, not chopped, not minced, not um, uh, crushed, but sliced. And I slice mine from top to bottom, you know, in, in thin slices, not not uh, not just once or twice, but, but fairly thin slices. Uh, I love garlic, by the way. Mm. Okay, a bunch of green onions chopped, one bunch. Uh, six Spanish chorizo sausages, very good stuff. Or you can use uh, Louisiana Tasso, okay? You can use eight ounces of that chopped. I used the chorizo, which I still, I recommend chorizo over the Tasso. Uh, one bay leaf, a tablespoon of dried oregano, a 12-ounce, one 12-ounce bottle of Abita Golden, uh, a three-quarters cup of diced canned tomatoes, one cup of water or chicken broth or chicken stock. I used chicken stock. Uh, one and a half tablespoons of salt and two cups of long grain rice uncooked. Now, what you're supposed to do is season the chicken with the salt and pepper, heat the oil in a large pot or Dutch oven on medium-high heat, and you want to brown the chicken, okay? That's the first thing you do uh, as far as the directions go. Then you have to take all these chopped veggies you did, right, and you add them to the pot with that oil and a little more seasoning, um, and, and what you're going to be doing is just stir them right over medium-high heat. You're stirring that for uh, about four or five minutes. And what you're doing is you're softening the veggies and uh, uh, just, just kind of cooking them down a little bit. Not too much, but enough. 
Uh, be careful, though, with the garlic. I would probably add the garlic toward the end of that because garlic burns very easily and you don't want to burn your garlic. It'll, make, it'll taste terrible. Uh, uh, okay, then what it says to do is to return the chicken to the pot and then add the beer, the tomatoes, the water, the stock, or the water or stock and salt, and you bring it to a gentle boil. You reduce the heat to medium and cook for 30 minutes. After that, you know, you, you stir in the rice, bring to a gentle boil again, cover, and reduce the heat to medium-low, and you cook it for another 30 minutes until the rice is tender, and uh, then you adjust the seasoning and serve it hot. That's the recipe. That's what you do. Now, here's how I would change it. Well, I would definitely use chicken on the bone. Don't get boneless chicken because that dries out too easily. But here's a recommendation. If I were doing it again, I would take it outside on my uh, gas grill. I have a, a, a side burner there. And I would crank that puppy up with uh, my cast iron skillet and uh, just go to town browning them. And I would, I would do a, a really good job uh, browning those uh, really well. Okay, now what's going to happen is the outer part is going to cook, but the inside is still going to be raw. So instead of, once I've done that, instead of adding the entire piece of chicken, pieces of chicken, back to the pot, okay, instead of doing that, what I would do is actually take the breasts at least, at least the breasts, and I would take, I would debone them, right? And if, of course, it's, it's raw, so you're going to have to use a pretty sharp knife to get in there on the inner part by the bone to separate the meat from the bone because it's, it's still raw. There's going to be a lot of attachment. It's not going to come apart that, that easily. Uh, the reason I would do that is because when you put the breast into the pot with everything else, uh, unless you have cut out the spine, which, you know what, I, I forgot to do. I should have cut the spine out. Didn't even think about that. But it breaks apart while it's cooking, and so you end up with fragments of bone in the dish. You don't want that. I don't want that. So that's something to think about, to take that out, either take the backbone out, or what I would probably do is just debone the, thigh, uh, the, the, uh, the breasts and, uh, and just throw that meat into the pot. The rest of the chicken, the wings, the bones and the wings, you don't have anything to worry about there. Uh, the thighs, nothing to worry about there. Uh, the only thing you'd have to worry about maybe with the, uh, the, the legs, the drumsticks, would be that small, sharp bone. But that tends to stay in one piece, and you could it's not going to fit on a fork. So you will see that bone and can remove it uh, before eating uh, before you, you know, accidentally swallow it or something. And also, um, the cartilage, you know, the, 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 the drumsticks have cartilage there that sometimes will detach from the bone. So you may, you may encounter some cartilage, but that's what I would do. And what I would not add it right there when it says to add it in the directions. I would wait, right? I'd boil everything else for another, uh, for the maybe 20 minutes, 15, 20 minutes before adding the chicken because what happened is, the chicken cooked, it was overcooked when I, when I did this recipe. It was overcooked. So I, I, would, not, I would change that. I would definitely change that. Add that uh, a little bit later. So that's how I would change the recipe. It's excellent, by the way. It's kind of like a, a Spanish or Mexican jambalaya, basically. It's arroz con pollo. If you do prepare this, let me know. I would love to hear how it came out for you. Give me a call at 985 635 Four nine seven four, and uh, again, that's nine eight five six three five four nine seven four. I will also post this recipe over at catholicfoodie.com/cnmc. Okay, now uh, we're basically done. We are at the end, folks. The end of the show. Lots of feedback going on over on Facebook, the Facebook page for the Catholic Foodie. If you don't yet, quote unquote, like. The Catholic Foodie on Facebook, go ahead and do that. You can find a link to it, matter of fact, in the right-hand sidebar over at catholicfoodie.com. It'll take you straight there to Facebook, or just search for The Catholic Foodie on Facebook. It'll uh, it'll pop up. Just like us there. Check out that page from time to time, because we do have lots of conversations, lots of comments made, lots of feedback goes on that page. Uh, so check that out. And also, please, as we close out here, I want to ask you once again, I need feedback from you. Please call me, 985-635-4974. Tell me what you think about the new format. I need to know. 
Am I forgetting something? Is there something I should add, something I should change, something I should take out? Let me know that, please, and I look forward to hearing from you. I'm going to leave you with a quote of the week. This quote, uh, my wife, Char, actually gave me this quote. She came across it in an email that she received. Cooking is like love. It should be entered into with abandon or not at all. That's from Harriet Van Horn. And until next time, bon appétit. SQPN, leading the way in Catholic new media.